Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan, also brought to you by Hercules Tires. Now, with the latest NASCAR local, regional, touring, and international racing news and views, here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. It is Wednesday, March 4th, and I am Hannah Newhouse, joined as always by Kyle Rickey, who has returned from the sunny state of California. We do record this on a Monday, so Kyle, I know you had a red-eye flight, um, are you, are you awake? Are you functioning? Are you going to be okay? What do you mean sunny California? There's more sun and warmth here in Connecticut than there was in Southern California on Sunday for the NASCAR Cup Series race. I think it was like 52 degrees, cloudy, rainy, miserable, and, and, and miserable. And Dan Hubbard, who lives out there, one of our turn announcers, said told us it had been like a month since it had last rained there. So much like Las Vegas last week, if you guys, uh, if there's a city in this country that needs rain, just bring NASCAR to town. Yeah, that's why we go to Phoenix next, of course. Let's go to another desert and let's just bring the rain there. Absolutely. And and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if there was a rain delay or two over the course of the weekend. The way this season has gone with Daytona being rained out, Vegas, having an Xfinity series rained out and then having a little bit of rain on race morning in Fontana. Well, NASCAR recently announced we're going to one lug nut with the uh, next gen cars. Maybe next will be rain tires and windshield wipers on oval tracks. You never know mother nature playing these games with us. But that being said, it was an off weekend for NASCAR's regional and international touring. They'll be back in action again this up and coming weekend at Phoenix. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but the Thanksgiving classic at Southern national motorsports park last fall was postponed, and they ran it this past weekend. And I got to say, it was very confusing when I got on social media, Kyle, and it said, the Thanksgiving Classic getting ready to start underway here at Southern National. And I'm like, guys, it is it, it's February. <laughs> it, uh, better late than ever because right. it was a pretty good super late model race. Uh, Bobby McCarty picking up the race win by less than a half second. I believe the margin was four tenths of a second over Lee Pulliam, a great 125 lap event there. Uh, Bradley McCaskill, Brendan Queen, and Corey Heim rounding out the top five. Solid field of super late models, solid field of pro late models. Matt Craig picking up the race win over uh, Cody Connor, Nolan Pope, uh, Carson Quapple, and Josh Brock. Also Natalie Decker in that race as well from the truck series finishing in the sixth spot. So good fields of cars, uh, good racing. But, yeah, it's uh, better late than never, I guess, four months after the fact. And speaking of late model stock racing as well, one of the tracks that, you know, has a premier late model stock tour or staple at their racetrack is Langley Speedway. And we saw some news break out of Langley over the weekend as well. They've got a new promoter in town looking to take their uh, weekly racing to the next level. Yeah, Vaughn Crittenden, uh, 28 years old, has uh, pretty much grown up at that racetrack and has been involved uh, kind of behind the scenes the last couple of years. He also worked in the marketing department at Richmond Raceway, uh, announced last uh, late last week that he is the new general manager and new promoter of Langley Speedway. So uh, it'll be interesting to see 
what a one of the youngest promoters probably in NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series can bring to that racetrack. And I'm seeing it firsthand up here at the Stafford Motor Speedway with the uh, the Arute family kind of doing that slow change off with Mark Arute, who's been running the racetrack for 30 years now. 1990, he took over. Uh, his sons, David and Paul, slowly have been getting involved the last couple of years and are really starting to take the reins. We're beginning to see a lot of new, fresh ideas there, and I expect we'll see that same type of thinking down at the Langley Speedway, one of the uh, healthiest southern short tracks when it comes to late model racing, as you mentioned a moment ago. We used to see the Canaan and East, now the Arca East, make stops at Langley. There was that brief period, like you mentioned, that uh, Langley wasn't sure if they were returning for a season. I think they were actually closed for a season. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. A couple of years ago, they uh, they did not open. Uh Due to a number of reasons, uh, thankfully they are back open, and last year looked good. And, and I hope uh, Vaughn can can up the car count a little bit, get the crowds in there, get the kids in there, which I know is a big focus up here. Looking to that next generation of racing uh, short track race fans. Yeah, Langley was one of my favorite racetracks. We actually went there for the NASCAR Drive for Diversity a few years back before they made the switch to go to New Smyrna, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that racetrack. It's a great racing service, always put on. Really good races for the fans. So, like you said, it'll be interesting to follow throughout this year and really even going into 2021 with a young promoter like that and what they'll bring. But uh, Modifieds, we talked about it a little bit last week as well. Tyler Ripkema had announced that he had acquired the number two team of Doug Kobe's, purchased those cars, and to follow it up, Doug Kobe took the social media over the weekend and said, I'm not done either. This time I'm going to come back and chase seven titles, but I'm going to chase it as an owner and a driver and what an interesting twist to this year's Modified Tour. Surprise. Uh, I just talked to him, what, uh, two weeks ago um, for another show we do up here uh, through Stafford, and he said that he had nothing. Um, so obviously he, this isn't something that happens overnight and something that he's been working on. I understand, you know, putting a team together like this, whether it be in, in the Modified Tour and the Arca East or West or whatever series in motorsports takes some time and and you know, one wrong move and, and you may not be able to compete. So I'm sure he didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, but uh, that cat was let out of the bag over the weekend. And it's good to see that Doug is becoming an owner in the NASCAR wheel and modified tours. He chases a championship number seven uh, in 2020. And for the first time, obviously will be in his own equipment. And you'd mentioned it, you talked to him a few weeks ago, but we're going to get him here on the guest line. We'll take a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk to Doug Kobe about what the 2020 season holds for him as he takes on the role of owner and driver. Wheelin designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelin product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. 
citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast. Brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. Before we took a break, we mentioned that we are going to dial up Doug Kobe, who is taking on the role of owner and driver as we get ready to go racing for the 2020 NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Doug, welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast, and what an exciting year you have planned for you. Um, you know, now that it's been announced, what are the emotions that not only you're going to be back on the tour, but you have a new role? Yeah, Hannah, uh, obviously, thanks for having me on. It's been a, a whirlwind of a winter for us trying to come up with a plan for, uh, you know, really just finding the right path to make sure that we could continue to build on what we started um, many years ago and, you know, win five championships in six years with a team. It kind of sets the bar high. And um, just, yeah, a pretty crazy time to uh, be, be stepping into a new role here, starting my own team, but um, just the way that the winter unfolded, I, I kind of felt that that was the best path, and my sponsors agreed with me. So, um, yeah, here we are, and uh, we're three weeks before South Boston and getting ready to uh, start a new little adventure. And before we talk about that new little adventure, let's talk about the emotions of the off season for you. I mean, you win the title. What, three weeks later or so, you learn that, that Mike's retiring, or at least we learn. I don't know how long you, know, you knew before that. Then you go to Charlotte to celebrate the title, and then you immediately focus on 2020. I mean, has it been an emotionally draining winter for you, I, I guess, you know, at times? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I don't get too emotional about too many things, um, probably just when I get pissed off at races, you know. Um, but this kind of stuff, you know, it was definitely a roller coaster. Um, I really wasn't expecting Mike's retirement announcement, and I didn't know too long before, um, you know, the public did. Um, it's not like I knew during the race season. You know, it was definitely after Thompson that I found out. So, uh, and then from there, you know, you're trying to celebrate, you know, the accomplishment of winning another championship. And then, like you said, from right after the banquet in Charlotte, it was, you know, it's basically been like a second full-time job for me trying to, line some stuff up and you know both phil my crew chief phil moran and i we've been you know going crazy trying to find the best fit and the best scenario and you know we had a lot of stuff cooking over the winter it's not like it was a dead winter and we were just sitting here waiting we were working day and day and day out trying to get it to happen and um just couldn't find a buyer for the whole team operation and and mike was kind enough to give us as long as he realistically could um, to try to get it done, but uh, we just really couldn't find the right situation and ended up um, where the equipment started to get sold. So that's kind of what brought on the events of the last couple of weeks here, um, which has really um, kind of been a whirlwind. So, you know, yeah, it's been a little bit draining on everybody, and there's a lot of moving pieces um, inside this kind of an operation. You know, it's, it's sponsors and crew members and the equipment and the retiring owner and the crew chief and all sorts of stuff, driver, obviously. So um, I'm a little bit relieved that we have a direction, um, but there's still, you know, still a lot to do and a lot to accomplish before South Boston. And you'd mentioned it there. 
they were faced with the they basically had to sell the equipment and we know that Tyler Ripkema acquired a lot of those cars. What's it been like for you guys to have to rebuild now a team with equipment and what does that look like for you guys with only three weeks until we get ready to go racing? Um, I think we're in pretty good shape. We've had some people step in to help us out and we have, you know, backup plans in place for, you know, our primary, you know, we have obviously a plan that we're trying to put in place to make everything, you know, as seamless as possible. Um, but if, if for some reason something doesn't happen, we're, uh, we've got some good backup plans in place and, you know, there's a lot of, lot of friends, sponsors, and a lot of people who have stepped up to help make this happen. And, um, I think we're in really good shape. Um, we, uh, we're going to be bringing my, my favorite car from the two team that I purchased to South Boston. Um, and we'll kind of start from there. And I think we're going to surprise, you know, a lot of people with how much we're able to get done in the, the couple weeks here leading into the first race. And then, you know, really our goal is just to get, get through South Boston with a good finish and then continue to build on, on the team and have some, some new stuff ready for Thompson as well, which gives us another, you know, we're still a little over a month out from Thompson. So we've got some time, but obviously it's going to creep up on us. And um, most everything is, is at least squared away. So we're kind of uh, excited just to get, get the car together, get it finished up and scaled and head down to uh, Virginia. So do you just wake up one day and say, all right, we're just going to have to do this ourselves? Uh, I don't want to say yes, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I mean, Basically, what happened was, and I've told a lot of people this, before I bought the race car that I bought, I don't have anything from racing. You know, I have nothing from, I've been racing for over 30 years, and I don't have anything other than my trophies and my, you know, videos and photos. I don't have any equipment from any of my old racing endeavors, and it was always because we sold my family always sold everything that we had in order to step up to the next level. So we, we didn't have the luxury of being able to keep stuff and then buy new stuff. So I always kind of lost, I, I've, I've regretted over the years that I've lost track of some of my old equipment because if I'd have just kept tabs on where it was, you know, maybe someday when I do retire from racing, I was like, you know, it'd be cool to buy some of that stuff back. And this, this particular car that I bought, you know, I've seen enough of my old cars get sold, uh, and I just basically said this is the car that if I was, you know, retiring from racing and I wanted to have, you know, something to hang on to, that it would have been this car. So whether I buy it now or I buy it, you know, 15 years from now, if I just track it, I, I'm planning on owning it at some point anyway. So, yeah, I just kind of said I'm going to buy that car, and then I, I looked, talked with Phil about it and, you know, sponsors and whatnot, and I said, well, certainly this is a car that we would – we were planning on racing again in 2020, regardless, you know, if we stayed with the two team, it would have been our, our Stafford or us, we go car, you know, races that we always would bring it to Martinsville. Um, so I said, you know what, let's, uh, let's try to recalculate some, some items here and see if now that I own this car, it makes sense for us to try and go in this direction. And, um, it's, it's been, uh, pretty crazy, but we, uh, we've got a lot figured out and, um, you know, we know what it takes to be successful, so we know what we have to, you know, add on to our team to make our program successful, and we're going to take those steps to do it. Lots of work definitely going into this season for you and the team, but we're going to take a quick break here. When we return, we'll continue the conversation with Doug Kobe about being an owner and a driver this season on the 2020 NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. 
Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Wheeland and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. In just three short weeks, the 2020 NASCAR Wheeland Modified Tour campaign will kick off. And last season's champion, Doug Kobe, joins us still now on the guest line as we talk about becoming an owner and a driver this season. And Doug, you'd mentioned it right before we took a break there. Everything that's gone into it, you've had to acquire new cars. But something that I saw in that social media post of yours was you've got the same crew together. You've got your crew chief, Phil, like you'd mentioned, that's really been a pivotal part in getting a program together. Um, what's it like knowing that you're going to battle again this season, having the same group of guys that you guys have had so much success with? Oh, it's an awesome feeling. I mean, that's that's really why why we did what we did over the winter, trying to, you know, find somebody to buy the whole race team was um, more so to keep the people together. I mean, you can ask anybody in racing that, you know, has been on different teams over the years, and when you find the right group of people, it's really important to try to keep that together as long as you can. And the guys were really cool because they kind of basically committed to me that if I had a full-time ride, they'd go full-time. If I had a part-time ride, they'd go part-time. And if I retired, they were going to retire as well. Um, There's a lot of them. So, I mean, it just basically, uh, they put my mind at ease pretty early in this whole thing. They, they supported anything that I uh, was trying to do and they knew that I was working on some stuff that obviously I couldn't necessarily tell them about. Um, you know, in fact, I didn't tell them uh, as a group really uh, until a couple hours actually before I released the, the press release. They knew I had some stuff in the works and that we were, I told them, you know, weeks ago that we were going to find a way to go to South Boston no matter what. But, you know, it was really just right before the press release that I was able to, to notify everybody what the plan was. And that's because things were still coming together <laughs> leading up to it. But, um, you know, you look back at any one of my championship speeches and I, it's always making reference to the people. Um, you know, a lot of people get con- caught up in the cost of racing and saying it's all about money or it's all about having the right equipment. And I still always believe that it's all about having the right people first. And I could have brought my sponsors to another team, uh, could have worked, you know, with a, obviously a different car owner or a different crew chief or whatever, and found a way to make it work. But I just, for some reason, I was hung up on the idea that we all should try to stay together if we could. And um, no matter what, there were going to be sacrifices to be made. There were risks, there would be risks to be taken. Um, And I just, I didn't want to, if I didn't have to take on the risk of team dynamics, I didn't want to have to do that. And, And that's why this plan, you know, takes a huge question mark off the table because I already know 
who I'm working with, what they're capable of. And um, these guys are my friends. You know, we camp together, we hang out together, and they certainly would have been my friends whether we we raced together or not. But that was always my top priority was what what plan can we put into place that not only keeps me with Phil as a crew chief, but also, you know, the rest of my crew guys. So, you know what, this is the plan that we've uh, settled on, and uh, there are going to be some – some challenges and some new roles for not only me to fall into, but some other people. And I just know with the people that I work with that we're capable of doing it. How big of a fear was there ever that there may not be a plan for 2020? Did that ever kind of roll through your mind? Yeah, probably every day for the last okay. five months, <laughs> four months. Um, you know, it's a racing's a tough sport, you know, and it's expensive and, um, you know, people come and go and sponsors come and go. And um, I, I was very lucky from the beginning that John Lawless and Mayhew decided to um, basically commit to me from the beginning and say, you know, wherever you go, we're going with you. Whatever you decide to do, we support. And, you know, that kind of stuff really helps helps you make those decisions that are tough decisions and knowing that you have the, the support of, of those people. And then, you know, other sponsors, Reynolds Auto Wrecking and Modulesti's Towing, they basically came to me and said, Hey, we got your back and we're here to help. So, um, you know, there was always a, a fear that there wouldn't be a plan. Um, I think a bigger fear for me would be committing to a plan and then knowing that it's not really a good plan. And I think this is a good plan. So, um, I think it's our best option. And, um, you know, for anybody in racing right now, there, there's limited options, truthfully. Um, and we weren't in a situation where we had a hundred, hundred teams to choose from and, uh, you know, I, I chose to be a car owner. I'm not saying I didn't have other options, but this is the best option to keep all of our people together with the equipment that we know. So um, I think it's the best starting point. Now, you've got this team, like you said, that you know you've worked with, you know your equipment, and you know a majority of these tracks. Um, it, there's always bumps that come with creating a new team, um, whether that's the same group of people or not. Um, there's just something that takes some time there. But you guys have had a little bit of an upper hand here. You got to go to Iowa and be part of the test. We're going back to Martinsville as well as South Boston this year. Do you feel like although you are essentially a new team that maybe you do have an upper hand going into this season? Um, I don't know that I'd call it an upper hand. I think that we're we're going to be competitive no matter what we have compared to other people. Um, you know, the Iowa deal despite the fact that I have, you know, 50 or 60 laps around there and an entire test situation you know we didn't really get to change our car around too much for the track I mean that's not what you do when you go to a tire test you you know pretty much go out on the track and take some laps to get comfortable and then they start trying different sets of tires on the car and you pick the one that you know keeps the car the most stable without you know changing the the setting the setup on the car so um, you know I have the experience there I guess yeah but we've never raced there so I don't know how this math is going to work or anything so I don't know I think um Really, all you can do is start with good people, good equipment, and a good mindset. And I think we have those three things that are going to help us start the season strong. And, um, you know, w- we could be as good as we were with the two-team or we could struggle. And, and that uh, probably would have been true, though, whether it was the two-team or not. You know, we could you could always struggle. You could always get in wrecks or cause problems or have mechanical failures. And I think if that were to happen, I don't think it would be because – we're doing something different. You know, I think it's just the, the luck of the sport, really. 
There's a, a lot of modified racing up here. I assume this team will stick to just the NASCAR wheel and modified tour and not really venture out into some of the other tours and series that are up here in, in the Northeast. Uh, that would be correct. Yeah. We're, we, <laughs> we're just trying to get the tour stuff together. Um, you know, we're trying to build this team to be sustainable uh, for, you know, not just for a one year deal, obviously. So, you know, we're going to have to see how things unfold and, see how the season goes um i wouldn't rule out us going somewhere else but i think that our focus right now you know as it always really has been even with the two team was just to run the, the wheel and modified tour season with the nascar program and uh you know there's some other good series out there but uh some with some different rules and you know they allow some bigger motors and some of the other series that are spec motors you know we don't necessarily there's always trade-offs i guess that's the best thing to say um but yeah we'll We'll explore some other options if they present themselves, but we're uh, focusing on the, the tour right now. Now, final question here for you. I have to ask, we've been watching video throughout this here of, you know, your tour car. Are you sticking with the number two, or maybe do we expect to see your number rebranded with uh, this new team of yours? <laughs> it's a million-dollar question. I've been asked that. It's, it's funny. As soon as I released the, the news on Friday, after the initial congratulatory text messages and whatnot, I would say I'd probably gotten 10, 10 questions from people about what we're going to do with that. Um, you guys will just have to wait and see, you know, I mean, there's, uh, there's some changes to come and uh, I'm working on a lot of stuff and uh, kind of excited about some of it. So I'm going to leave you hanging there um, as to what we're, we're doing with the, the car number and all that stuff. But um, people can, Follow me on Facebook and, and all sorts of stuff, and I'll have some cool announcements hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, another storyline to follow as we get ready to go racing for the tour. Well, Doug, again, <laughs> congratulations. Uh, we're looking forward to, again, seeing you race on the tour this season. I know you got a lot of work ahead of you in the next couple of weeks, but we're uh, looking forward to following your new endeavor here. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully you'll see see this new team in victory lane. I mean, we've got great people, so that's uh, that's exciting for me. Well, we're looking forward to it. That was Doug Kobe, driver in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, taking on the role of owner and driver this season. But when we return, we have a racetrack again to highlight for the Wheel and Engineering Short Track Spotlight of the Week. And we will recap, uh, I'm sorry, we'll preview Phoenix as the Arkhamenard Series gets ready to go racing on the West Coast. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. 
each and every week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, we get the opportunity to spotlight one of NASCAR's short tracks across the country brought to you by Wheelan Engineering. And this week, we are spotlighting Hickory Motor Speedway right outside of the Charlotte, North Carolina area here. It is a small banked asphalt oval, but it opened in 1951 as a half-mile dirt track. And it wasn't until 1967 that they reconfigured it to its current size and paved it. Um, It's often branded as the birthplace of NASCAR stars and the world's most famous short tracks, as a lot of familiar names made their names on that short track. Junior Johnson, Ned Jarrett, Ralph Earnhardt were just a few of the track champions in the 50s. Earnhardt won five championships in a row there. NASCAR's first Cup Series race there was at 1953 with Tim Flock winning. And some familiar names of other track champions include Jack Ingram, Harry Gant, Gant, Tommy Houston, Josh Berry, and most recently in 2019, Thomas Bean. Both Ralph Earnhardt and John Settlemeyer are tied for the most track championships there with five each. Cup Series winners including Lee and Richard Petty both, David Pearson, Joe Weatherly, and the final cup race was won there by Tiny Lund in 1971. Great short track right outside of the area. If you are there, we highly suggest getting out there. Their season kicks off March 7th and will run all the way through October. They host a abundance of short track or of late model stock and super late model races, both with the Cars Tour and on a local basis. So uh, lots of great racing action. I've raced there myself, and it is by far one of the most interesting racetracks. Lots of characteristics, hard, rough, tough racing, and Kyle... I'll bring you in this. I think that's one of the reasons that they say that names are built there because it has the characteristics of an old racetrack that requires these drivers to be up on the wheel. And man, they race each other hard there. Yeah, it's a great little short track in in NASCAR country down there, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. When uh, I was based down there, had the opportunity to go there many a times. Uh, a great legendary racetrack. I remember uh, one of the first ever Bush Series races I ever watched on television back in the day. Uh, 26 caution flags. The track came up at like in turn one and turn three. It was a mess. Um, that's kind of my first memory of Hickory. But uh, like you mentioned, great late model program there each and every week or just about every week during the summer months for the NASCAR Wheeling All-American Series. A lot of uh, great names have been built there over the years. And another thing that I love out there is they have deep fried Oreos. I don't know if you've ever had those, but I can't seem to find them at other racetracks. So good. I have. I would yeah. go there just for the deep fried Oreos, and then like the racing is just a bonus. It's great. I think that's why I think that's why Postman goes there as well. Yes, deep fried Oreos. Yes, it's just it's short track food, man. It's all good. But um, transitioning from a short track, we don't call it a short track as short track racers. But Phoenix up next on the program here for the Arkham Menard series, their first visit there as the Arkham Menard series. But a familiar name has visited Victory Lane there in the past with the Kane and West series. Michael Self won at Daytona and is returning to a racetrack that he has seen success at before. Be an interesting weekend as we see a lot of these kids who have not raced at Phoenix before making their first start there as well as the first start for the series. Yeah, the General Tire 150 this Friday night from the Phoenix Raceway on uh, Track Pass on the NBC Sports Gold app. Motor Racing Network will uh, also provide the uh, audio coverage of that event this Friday night. A lot of young kids. You mentioned Michael Self. He is a uh, not uh, one of the veterans of the Arca Menard series now. He won there back in 2012. Chase Elliott on that afternoon was a kid and finished in the top five. Ty Gibbs is back. Uh, he won the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series West race there back uh, last fall. Uh, what is now the Arca West series. Uh, 
looking for two in a row there this uh, this weekend. Haley Deegan got a top five there back in the fall. She'll be in the race on Friday night. Great entry list. Tanner Gray is going to be there. Uh, Chandler Smith, uh, who I believe has never run at the Phoenix Raceway before, but does have seven Arkham Menard Series wins over the last two years. He's entered. Going to be a great race on Friday night to kick off a very busy race weekend in the Phoenix desert. Hopefully it doesn't rain. I was just going to say, I'm sitting here with my <laughs> fingers crossed on the fact that we do call it desert racing, but I am hoping it doesn't rain. Kyle, do you go to Phoenix this weekend? I do not. Um, I, I did Vegas and then the red eye back after Vegas and Fontana and the red eye back after Fontana. So I'm going to take a break. We'll let uh, Dylan head back out there this weekend and, and have some fun in, in Phoenix. Yes, his third West Coast race in a weekend. He's I know he's so excited thrilled. about it. I know. <laughs> I didn't have to do that. I just did Vegas. It's fine. Everything's fine. He's he's so joyful to be around right now. It's lovely. Oh well, and Kyle, he has Atlanta coming up in two weeks, so he's yes. got a busy trip. Yes, he does. Atlanta will be fun. Um, well, Kyle, enjoy your off weekend. I'm sure you have some Killingly Connecticut girls basketball games to watch. I will be enjoying the weather in Idaho as I get to take a weekend off here and go back and see some family. Not warm enough for any racing out there quite yet, so it'll be an off weekend from a racetrack for me. But we'll have plenty to talk about next week uh, with the Phoenix race. It's state tournament week here for basketball in Killingly, Connecticut. The so whole it's town be a stops. Week. The Absolutely. whole town stops. Well, if you guys need Kyle, don't call him. He'll be at a basketball game. So wait until next week to talk to him here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Again, thanks to Doug Kobe for coming on. We're looking forward to watching his adventure uh, as the 2020 NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour gets ready to kick off. I am Hannah Newhouse. He's Kyle Ricky. Thanks to our producers, Alexa Henrian and Brian Yesowich. We will see you next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network. You've been listening to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan. Also brought to you by Hercules Tires. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.